0: Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. John Poveromo is a comedian, a writer, a cartoonist. He was born in Brooklyn and he grew up in New Jersey, which is from where he joins us for wheels off i love talking to comedians i mean obviously i i love watching comedy and you know being in a room full of people laughing but getting to talk to comedians and sort of feel how they work you know see what makes them click it really it's so magical to me i i mentioned that during the conversation but getting to talk to john is really fascinating and fun he is an introspective dude and that's great it makes it a lot easier to plumb the depths of his psyche and you know get the uh, the wisdom the nuggets of wisdom secreted therein as in or is it secreted secrete is when something oozes out of you and when something is secreted it's hidden away all right so there is wisdom hidden away in john and we find it in this episode of Wheels Off. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy John Poveromo. <laughs> Welcome to Wheels Off, John Poveromo. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm fucking super excited to be on this. I'm a big fan of yours. Oh,
0: that's awesome. And by, by us, it's, I
1: just mean me. Well, me and Ziggy, my dog is <laughs> on the couch with me. Everybody's got a pet with them on these podcasts during a pandemic. <laughs> mine's my, mine, you can't see him, but mine's chilling out in the back on a, on a, on his desk chair, on his office chair that he's claimed for himself. What's his name? His name is Bean. Aw, a dog. Yeah. It's a cat. Oh, cat. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A um, cat named Bean.
0: The edification of our listeners from where are you joining us?
1: Uh, New Jersey. Nice. Close to the shore. Close to the, yeah, I'm, I'm actually right. I'm actually like 10 minutes away from the beach. Dude, that's beautiful. Are you, yeah. In the Asbury area, are you in Tom's? I'm. Uh, I'm from Tom's River. I'm about a half an hour away from Asbury. It's not far at all. Okay. Yeah. So I, my friends and I would. That's where we would go to, like, hang out and like watch music, and you know, and then I would perform when I was doing stand up and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's where we go to fucking hang out all the time. In the before times when you were doing stand up, be- <laughs> isn't that sad? I, I said, as, as I said it, I got sad, but I was like, oh yeah, when I was doing stand up, and I was like, no. <laughs> that was, uh, um, what creative project are you working on now and how does it light you up? Um, I, right now it's uh it's my uh, podcast dystopia tonight. Um, and that's been like the saving grace. Cause you know, I mean, we all got slammed by COVID and, and everybody had to stop touring and going onto the road. And I was, I was just coming back from uh, I was going from the West coast back to New Jersey. And I just kind of made my way back to New York. My last gig was in New York. And then the next day they were like, Uh, if you were in New York, you probably have COVID. And then we, and then they shut everything down. And I was like, my friends were all like, we saw you. Why do you have it? Are you sick? And I'm like, no. Um, But yeah, so that was, that was basically it. And then um, I started doing uh, a podcast during the pandemic, which I feel like everybody, you know, but like, it was really, really good for me, like just to be able to talk to other comedians and my friends and stuff. And um, you know, and also people that I really admired, like other musicians and artists and stuff, like that was that kept me sane. And now it's become something I don't want to stop doing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: funny when you started this, and it's now it's become something I don't, I was like, oh, don't say don't want to do anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, it's funny. I I love doing it, too. And it's not something I ever would have guessed. Like at some point, it yeah. was suggested
1: to all of us in entertainment that we had to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. I kind of feel like if you're already doing other shit, you're like rebelling against you, like, I'm not going to be one of those people that starts a podcast. And then, you know, I started doing it. And I was like, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of work, but it's just it's it's awesome.
0: So I wonder about this. Um, do Do you have. Uh, comedy dates booked like in a in a hopeful move you're booking something down the line and just hoping that it doesn't get canceled Uh, um and if so and i'm assuming at some point you will have you backlogged material have you been writing
1: yeah um i like i like how it's funny when people frame that question because it's almost you almost want to be like are you delusional enough to think that you're going (laughs) to go you know to, to go back out uh yeah i do i have dates booked um Uh, I've, I've kind of tried to keep that in mind, like every few months, I don't know if you're the same way too, where you do book dates and you're like, yeah, no, this variant's going to pass us by and I'm going to have a small window to go back out and try to not get sick. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've got dates coming up and I had backlog material. I did a few zoom shows. I don't know if you caught any of the magic of comedy on, uh, the internet over it's, it's horrible, by the way, it's really, (laughs) it's, it's genuinely the most, like I thought when I started like open mics and just bombing in front of people was bad bombing in front of, uh, you know, the little icon of like, what should be a human. And then like, you know, hearing them chew in the back, are you like this? This is my fucking nightmare. Uh, So yeah, but um, yeah, no, I've, I've been writing a lot and uh, you know, it's, it's nice because when I have gotten to go back out, it's kind of weird because I'm excited to do the new stuff. Um, But I've definitely had moments on stage where I forget my older stuff, even if it wasn't that old, even it was, if it was kind of new in the beginning of the pandemic and I had to stop, I'm like, I'll get done with the new stuff. And I'm like, still on stage. And I'm like, yeah. uh, So Fuck. What? <laughs> what was I gonna say? Uh <laughs> then you have to kind of like figure it out. But it's it's been interesting. Do you do you do the set list bit where you hold a little piece of paper in your hand or are you pretty off script? Um, I'm pretty off script. I think I think my so my stage persona or whatever it is on stage is pretty much what I am off stage and a little ADD-ish. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you're like, I can tell. No, no I've, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> yeah. it.
0: It's great. You're, I mean, it's, it's oh, thank really you. like classical stand-up comedy. It's, and it's super tight. You thank you. So confident. Like it's everything you want out of comedy. I feel like.
1: Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. It's, it is, it's, um, it is very much like I've got the jokes that I want to say, but it's always kind of cushioned in between what I'm feeling that day, what might be on my mind, uh, you know, and little asides and stuff like that. So it is kind of, I, I like to mix up my own material because I learned early on that I have a tendency to get bored, you know what I mean? And like, and I admire those guys who go up and they're like, no, I, I've got a, I'm I've a writer and I've got a specific set of shit I have to hit and they're going to do it no matter what. And um, I'm very much like, all right, I know the nuts and bolts of my act. I know where the punchlines are, but I'm going to figure out a fun way to get to it. That's basically it.
0: Well, it's funny because it gives the room some say, like right, like you're you're writing the vibe of the audience and how yeah. you feel. God, I did um, a, I did a tour of Europe once with uh, Steve Earle, and it was um, behind his album he made where uh, all Steve uh, uh, Towns Van Zandt songs. Mm-hmm. And so um, every night he would do the same banter between songs, like word hmm. for word. And at one point I challenged him. I'm like, I'm like, it seems weird that you're doing the same banter between every song. He goes, that's what my audience paid to hear. Like,
1: oh. <laughs> <Okay>. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is kind of like, I, I, you know, what's crazy is, is I think I learned uh, when I was younger, like the audience really appreciates if they think um, they're getting a really unique show. You know what I mean? Like, and they can tell the difference between, you know, whether you're just doing the same stuff for them that you would do for every audience or if it's a truly unique experience. And I rather I almost rather have that because like, I don't know if it's the same with music stuff, but like, I never feel like uh, the venues anymore. Like for comedy clubs, it was always like in the 80s. You never knew who was going to be in the audience and somebody was going to grab you. That's not the case. Nobody's getting famous from comedy clubs anymore you know what I mean? so i I don't worry too much about like who might be and you know fucking you know de Boise. you know what I, mean? I don't care so um uh but like the audience is very much like, hey, that was really great did you if they if they see I've recorded it they're like do you pay, do you pay for like charge people like to get that? Because I like the way you've messed with the table or whatever. And I'm like, I'll just give it to you. I don't care. <laughs> but, but like, I, I like that connection a lot more. Do you feel the same way?
0: Yeah. I mean, it, I just was able to do four shows with my band in Raleigh, Athens, Atlanta, Nashville, nice. and and they were all pretty great and they were all different. Um, It's funny that I was just, when you were talking about the set list, I was thinking the show in Athens was so good. The next Mm. night in Atlanta, I was like, that was so good. I'll just slightly tweak it, but we're going to keep the bones of that set list. But then, nice. by the time we got towards the end of the set list, I'm like, I should have mixed it up because now I can tell that we're a little bit on autopilot in a way that we wouldn't have been if, <laughs> if I'd completely, you know, changed the set list. Right. Do, yeah. do you? Do, let me ask you. Do you do this? I've always wondered this about comedians because people mm. are constantly like, "Oh, music's got to be so hard. You just walk up there and you're so brave." I'm like, not really. I'm just singing <laughs> songs the same way I would if I was alone. But <laughs> the thing to me that's the most brave is comics walking up there with just a freaking microphone. So I wonder mm-hmm. while you're doing your show do you ever find your mind wandering you're like thinking about the flight the next morning or making a grocery list because with music for sure that happens and it's always bad when it does. But if you, <laughs> like do you could you that seems impossible.
1: Yeah, um no, you're you're 100% right man. Uh it's it's weird, it's very weird when when a When I'm on stage in particular, but I've talked to other comedians who are find the same kind of situation happening. It's like you're thinking of six things at the same time. So it's very much like you're you're going through your act in your head and you're like, okay, what's the audience feel like? You know, if you if you've gotten material over a long period of time, I've been doing it for 16 years. So like I've got like endless amounts of shit, but I'm just like, okay, what's gonna work with these guys? What do I really feel like saying? But at the same time, you're paying attention to see if there's any noises going on in the background, you know, if somebody coughs you know, if somebody says something so you can be in the moment. But then you're also like, you know, I've had auditions where I've got to be up the next day and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to remember this. I got to do that. And I've accidentally said what I've like, like I've been going through the motion (laughs) where I'm talking, but then something will come out where I'll be like, yeah, I got a 6 a.m. flight. And I'm like, why the fuck did I just say that? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not a segue I've prepared or ever thought of before. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, anyway, it was weird. And I can tell the audience is like, what was that? Is he okay? I'm is like, he no. really in the moment right now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's been weird. Like, yeah, I, I get like that too. Do you, do you ever like uh, um, feel like, catch yourself getting bored. And you're like, Oh my God, the audience feels it. And they think I'm bored. And then you had to like make up for it real quick. <laughs> we were like, Hey, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to say yes, but yes.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Like, we did one of the shows on the tour. I won't say which one I, mm-hmm. um, in the encore, there's a song that's got like 11 verses and, and it's just nonstop lyrics. And mm. it, we got backstage after the encore was over and I was like, I'm pretty sure I left out two verses in the back half of that <laughs> song. I just, I don't know. I was thinking how close to the end we were.
1: Yes. <laughs> tired. Um, I've, I've left stage early. <laughs> uh, I chose when I was like starting out because the food I had ordered had come and I was hungry and I didn't want it to get cold. That was like, <laughs> that was like, I remember that because it was this great. It was this place in the Poconos uh, and they used to make oddly enough, this, the, fucking best cheesesteak um and uh and they used to have this (laughs) this great pita bread that would also be with it and like and i don't know i'd ordered it i thought i had timed it perfectly i was doing my set and i had like four minutes four three four minutes left or whatever and i just saw it coming out and i was like anyway guys it's been a lot of fun uh (laughs) and they were like that is that was abrupt and (laughs) sort of quick and then i got back and i started shoving my face full of food.
0: (laughs) Um, So you talked about 16 years in this uh, weird line of work. I wonder when you were a kid, did you know
1: this is what you're going to do? Was there an epiphany moment? Was this always your dream? Um, Yeah, it really was. I mean, I remember um, as far back as like sixth grade, we filled out fake. We made fake yearbooks for ourselves at the end of the at the end of the year. And um, I had written down three things that I wanted to be. And it was cartoonist, actor, comedian. And that was it. Um, and I, that apparently i never intention of any making any money at all. Uh, <laughs> all the three worst things a parent wants to hear. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to do that early cause I, I just, my, you know, I'd seen a comedian when I was younger. Um, the first one that I'd seen Richard Jenny, um, my parents, uh, and my, my uncle and aunt and everybody, they used to love comedy too. They still do, but, um, crazy from the heat was uh, Richard Jenny's one of his standup specials on VHS. I still have it actually. Um, and they let me watch a part of it. And he did a routine about um, getting up for school in the morning when you were a kid and how much you're li- like you, you're you just lie back and forth. And your mom's like, he, he would do this bit. Where, I'm going to butcher it, but he would do this bit where he was like, Richard, he'd be like, I'm up. And then he would still be lying in bed. And as a kid who had to get up for school and lied to his parents about being awake every day. I was like, guy's a fucking genius. So like. It was, it was like that kind of stuff that I thought was really funny. And my family's just full of storytellers and I'm, I was born in Brooklyn. So, you know, I have very fond memories of everybody being super funny and telling these outlandishly crazy stories from when they were kids. And, you know, uh, the one uncle that would get, cause like when we lived in Brooklyn, everybody would stop by, you know, um, and it was on the block and who was in and my grandmother always had cake. You know, it was literally like, I hate to do that typical Italian, but that was literally it. And I always thought, you know, the people that we were most excited to see came in still wearing a jacket and came in for like 15 minutes, fucking knocked out a killer story. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's happy to see him. They ate food and then they peaced and that was it. They didn't overstay their welcome. And that's how I, Imagine stand up to be. You go on stage, you got your jacket. You're like, hey, I can't stay long. But I'm going to tell you some quick, funny shit. And then I'm going to get out of here and everyone's happy. Oh, that's so great.
0: Yeah. And, and so we, I, did you uh, did you end up going to college or did you piece did. on that?
1: Where's you? Go? No, I did. I I got I don't know if you were the same way, but like it was um, I had a group of friends who um, knew they weren't going to college and they were very much into the arts and they were always involved in plays and stuff. And they just knew who they were immediately and they didn't go and they, and they went, and, or, or they went to like some kind of um, performing arts college or something. They really had the confidence at that age to be like, I'm great. And you were like, are you, you know, but I would, I didn't feel that way, you know, about myself. And, uh, and I had another group of friends who they were just going to do the ABCs and they were going to go to college. And um, I definitely, my parents didn't put any pressure on me to do it, but I, I had this weird, I was lying, like, even though I would like graduating, but I was like, you know, my girlfriend's parents were like kind of, you know, hoity-toity, which is a word nobody my age ever says out loud. So I'm that's that's going to be I'm going to say some heinous shit. And I'm like, can you just cut hoity-toity from the phone? Uh, <laughs> dub it over me saying something cooler. Um, But they were like, you know, where are you going to go to college? And I would say shit that I didn't mean. I'm like, oh, I'm going to apply to NYU. I had no uh, no money and no chance. Um, But uh, but I did. I went to college for a year because I thought I had to. I had no real you know, I think I was doing liberal arts, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm going to teach, I guess, because I was a good English student. And, you know, I took uh, the all these writing classes and all that other shit. I was terrible in math. So that was no go for me on anything else. Um, But then I was dating somebody. She was going to a different college. We weren't that far apart, but it was still like quasi long distance. It's like an hour that blew up in my face. Wound up getting like cheated on, you know, the whole thing. And then there was like this succession of stuff where I was like, okay, bad relationship that happened. I'm miserable in college. I'm not fooling anybody like, you know, and I really wanted to try stand up. So I remember talking to my mom and stepdad at the time. And I was just kind of like, I got to give it a shot. Like I I really want to try it. I'm unhappy doing this other thing. And they were really cool. They were like, yeah, yeah, just do it. That's fine. And, uh, and I did it. And then I, and I quit going to school, dropped out. And I was like, I would much rather invest. I gave myself like 10 years. I was like, I'd much rather invest 10 years. By the time I'm 30, if I still suck, <laughs> you know, and haven't made any headway, I'll quit and I'll give it up. But I'd rather do that than be 60, you know, 160 K in debt and unhappy and you know, whatever.
0: I wonder. So, cause I did the same thing. I gave myself a, <laughs> if by the time I'm 25, dot, 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 kind of yeah. drop dead date Um, yeah. <laughs> when, when you hit 30, had it worked out, did you feel like you were really proud of, like you you could justify that? or? I, um, I, that's a funny
1: thing. It is. Yeah. No, but by, by I actually, no. So with, by the time I was 30, it was, <laughs> oh, no, that's sorry. the sad part. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, but you, you're, you it's so weird because I think I was, 30 was just a weird, weird time in general because, so by the time I was 25, I wish I'd give myself that goal because I was, still would have felt better. Because when I was 24, 25, everything was going great. I was booked all over the road. I loved spending time on the road and doing that kind of shit. I loved living out of a, a bag, hotel rooms. Um, you know, even before that, I was performing at my friends' colleges while they were in college. You know what I mean? So I was like, this is the best. I don't have to pay to go to this school. I get to do stand-up and open for people I love. Um, you know, I had hit some high marks like early on too. I got to open for Jimmy Fallon before he uh, took over for Conan. That was the first, you know. So, um, and that was the first time I'd opened for a national headliner and that put me in a different category because then they were asking me to do more stuff like that. So that stuff was going pretty great. I was making some strides by, th- by the time I was 30. I think I'd put pressure on myself to it achieved more. So when 30 hit, I was like, I'm old as fuck. It's, over." oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No. <laughs> I had this mental, like, like this, I was, I was again doing a long distance relationship because I'm a masochist. Um, and I, uh, she was in Chicago. It keeps getting further, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, uh, first long distance, you're only an hour. Second one, Chicago.
0: Well, you've got, a, um, you've got a routine about the long distance relationship your grandparents had.
1: Yeah. 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 That's, uh, yeah, yeah. One of them lived in Brooklyn. The other one was in heaven. Uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's the joke, <laughs> which always, might, it's one of my favorites because it gets like genuine laughs from the audience and also like, oh, oh. it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> they loved it. Um, well, they would have, uh, so yeah, they, um, but you know, I, I did that. And then, um, but Sandy hit like, so hurricane Sandy hit and my parents lost their home. Um, I was living in my apartment. We were, you know, we didn't want have power for like two weeks. So all this crazy shit happened. And my girlfriend was in Chicago and the gate, like everything just kind of fell apart. So like, I did not feel successful at 30 or, or even like I made the right decision at that point. Cause I was like. I can't help my parents out. They're they're like struggling, you know. Do, the only thing I got them was an apartment in my apartment complex. Like I had talked to the landlord and convinced them to do like, because some people were doing um a thing for Sandy victims where they didn't have to pay like full price if they were displaced momentarily or they didn't have to sign a contract. I like talked them into that, and that was like the minimum, you know. And I think I yelled at the cable guy. Uh, <laughs> I really did. I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous, but um. Yeah. So I, I felt like a, a huge failure because I was just like, oh, I, I can't help anybody, even myself. And I can't even get a flight out to see, or, you know, my girl, it was, it was bad. Mm. So that was a weird point. Cause I really thought I was a, a genuine failure at 30.
0: Ah, uh, so I wonder about that. Like, I wonder, did like when, when 30 hit and you remembered having sort of made that deal with yourself, was there mm. a sort of self-evaluation that went on? And then secondary to that question. When, when you encounter those kind of internally generated obstacles, like these, these things in your, in your brain that are telling you what you're describing, that you're a failure, you right. don't feel good about how you're doing. Um, Cause that's inevitable. Like it's come up, mm-hmm. I've done over a hundred of these conversations, every single person I've talked to with the exception of maybe like one person um, right. admitted <laughs> to, to having those. Uh, I wonder like, what have you figured out to get through them? Because it seems like you're doing great. Like you really seem like you have made a very positive um, Mm -hmm. way forward in this weird job of yours.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting because I, I've, I've talked about like, I went through a, a definitely a period of depression from like 2013 to 26, mid 2016, which is crazy to think that there's, I mean, I've, I've dealt with it in some forms, most of my life, high school, all that other stuff um, never as severely as those particular three years. And I think it would just too much stuff happen at the same time and exacerbated what was already naturally there. And I always wish there was something I could point to, to be like, you know, this pulled me out of it or this did, I, nothing really pulled me out other than the fact that I just wanted to keep, I was curious enough to want to keep going. I'm a very like uh, a guy who likes to open doors. You know what I mean? Like if you're ever at a point you know, like, is that locked? Should I check if it's locked? Like I kind of want to know what's going to be there. And I think I had that curiosity about my own life too, where I was like, maybe if I wake up tomorrow, it'll be better. And even if it wasn't, and I'd be like, even if I didn't want to wake up where sometimes I was like, man, you know what? If I didn't really wouldn't blame anybody. <laughs> like if there's an afterlife or whatever, I was like, really wouldn't be like, why now? I'd be like, you know what? I get it. Uh, you, you saw what I was going through and you pulled the plug. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of, force myself to keep going. And there was really bad, like really, really bad times with it all. Um, but, uh, I want, I loved up. I liked performing and I think going through that too, by the way, like it kind of, um, what do you call it when, uh, when you have a womb and it, and it, uh, a wound and it, um,
0: Esther, you know what?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, but then it winds up like hardening, like it's healing, but it's, it's becomes, um, Oh my God, I can't think of what it's called. Uh, uh Almost like, you know, you know, when like somebody has their, this is gonna be going to be going a different direction, you know, in a, a movie when they have their leg amputated and then <laughs> yes. they have to like, they're like, we have to, you know, burn Carterized. it. And, like, Thank you. That's yes. the word. Yeah. So I, it was, I think uh, there was a period of, um, of like of of going like, I'm solidifying what I actually want to do because before it was, you know, we'll see if it works. And then it became like, no, this is going to work. And this is exactly what I want. Do or die. I'm in it for the long haul. And that changed a lot of, it was, you know, you know how it is. It's a very hard thing to train your brain to think a certain way, but like, that was, that was like the process in that, of that's, that, I think.
0: That's fantastic. So in a way it's just, it's like curiosity and perseverance.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think as artists, we're all kind of curious, like, you know what I mean? And if you're not curious about your own life, that's kind of, you know, that kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so, it's so funny that you described it like that because um, I walked in, I did a an online show last night walked in uh, and my wife was watching a TV show and it mm-hmm. was not it's not something I've obviously watched with her but right. it's, uh, the scene was um, rich guy business going under he begs the guy who's sending him under to please you know be decent give me a reprieve and the guy says no. <laughs> uh the other guy goes and blows his brains out and we're cutting back and forth between two scenes where right. the guy the guy who said no was like I was going I'm going to give him another chance. I just wanted him to feel bad. And <laughs> and so it inspired this conversation with my wife and I about suicide and about how yeah. like yeah, you could blow your brains out and you don't realize that like the next day that there could be some great news but
1: <laughs> Yes. Oh my god. Had you ever that's that's so crazy that you say that too because I I at one point I started um like writing down stuff um, and like, actually like looking back at it and being like, holy shit, this is what I felt on this day at my worst, but look at all the shit that happened the next day, the next day after that meeting somebody awesome, having a, a career opportunity. I was like, I would have missed all of this because I felt shitty on a Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny too. Cause I think people have it like, do you ever feel like, um, like steering into it where you're like, okay, I'm feeling bad. I'm not going to pull back from it. I'm going to embrace Cause acknowledge it. you like, you feel shit today. That's it. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have a day you're human. You're allowed to feel like garbage. I'm going to fucking steer into it. And I'm going to eat that tub, of ice, you know, or whatever, like let yourself have the day.
0: Well, it's that is so true. And I don't I'm not 100 percent sure that this uh, translates to comedy. But I know for me, whenever I have a day like that and I'll lean into it and think I'm going to get something out of this because, you know, I've written mm. some of my favorite songs when yes. all I can
1: do is just play the guitar and, you know, feel like shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that I, I love that, man. I was I was I was curious about that with musicians and stuff like that, if they have like a, um, you know, uh, an album or a track because for me like songs are um almost like time capsules to me where i'm like if i listen to this album i am right back in sixth grade or 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 you know junior or high school whatever it is like i can just go back immediately and i always wondered like if that's the same way where you're like i wrote this song when i was sad and now i can remember that but not like not get sad again necessarily but be like oh cool that was a point in my life where i had some feelings about this shit and i'm good now is that well, make sense? Like,
0: yeah, totally. It's like it's like a teleportation kind of trick. Is it the same mm-hmm. with bits when you're doing a joke yeah. that you thought of, like in a kitchen at an old apartment and you in your mind, you kind of go back there?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the that's the best part about that, too, is like the comedy helps um, it completely like that. Comedy has helped me get over so much stuff. Um, just because that's, I don't know if it's something that was younger, this way my brain was trained to think, uh, you know, my family always did that kind of stuff too. Where, like, if we were in a shitty situation, which sometimes we just were people would be just making jokes about it. Cause what the hell else can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, even if, you know, it's funny too, cause even if people are not really that funny, they still feel inclined to be like, just try to let lighten the mood. And then my brain works like that with anything with death, with, Depression, with um, you know, most of my dating stuff comes from just pain, and you know, either being cheated on, you know what I mean. Where I'm just like, but I love that I got something out of it. I'm like, it was so worth, you know, going through that shit because I have a chunk of material I could share and relate to other people with.
0: Do you find also that th- those people you're talking about that'll make a joke in the face of a miserable situation that you would never expect to make joke people that aren't funny necessarily that mm. you, you never you know, expect to hear them make a joke like that? Sometimes when they
1: crack wise, it's the funniest. Because yes. it's So unexpected. Absolutely. That's my favorite thing. I think everybody like I, you know, I think everybody's kind of funny. I, I've always i always have. I loved, you know, all my friends I think are funny. Yeah, um and in their own way too like i think people really think like you know some people think you have to be on stage and a genuine comedian like to do that kind of theater to have that kind of humor and i'm like i think everybody's everybody's made me laugh to some extent you know what i mean or like even when somebody um i love when i can tell somebody's implying a joke or or just by the way their inflection works or whatever like it's just fun like it's just fun to see other people play and like I just think shit's funny. I don't know I, I hate to, I hate when people are like oh, that's an easy laugh and I'm like easy my ass dude like they're, they're thinking <laughs> they're trying something. you can you can tell I hate when people sit there you ever have those friends who are like like I'm really hard to make laugh. Oh so you're miserable <laughs> Yeah <laughs> like why do I have to you know God damn like <laughs> that's the that's what you've set for yourself the bar <laughs> that you won't smile. <laughs> so I wonder about that because I've got
0: a teenage daughter who's wanting to play guitar and it's a world of YouTube videos that, you know, can teach you to play guitar. I yeah. remember in the early 90s, I had a girlfriend who was about to move to New York to do stand up. And so with her, I watched obviously pre-YouTube, but we we would get books and we would get VHS tapes about how to do stand up. And I wondered in your early days, did you do seeking from, you know, sources like that? Did you, did oh, yeah. you study?
1: Yeah, I was a huge comedy nerd in high school um, and because uh, stumbling onto stand up was um, kind of a weird thing because I just loved my Robin Williams is one of my favorite comics and still is, you know, of all time. Right. Um, but I didn't know he I didn't know what stand up was. I just knew he did the voice of the bat in Fern Gully. You know, he was the genie and Mork and Mindy. And then like, you know, when you start to look into people, it was like this guy came from. A stand-up comedy background i was like oh cool and then all of a sudden you know um louis anderson had let cartoon life of louis louis anderson was a stand-up comedian so was gary shell so all these guys that came up in the 80s like everybody had a comedy background roseanne ellen so i was like fascinated by it and then in high school my friends loved you know we had a core group of friends and they loved comedians and one of my friend's brothers was a comedian and he wrote for Chappelle' show wow. So we were just like in that, you know, I mean, that was like the thing. And um, I had a book called Comic Insights by Franklin Ashai. Uh, I don't know if he is, but they used to call him the jazz comedian back in the day because his uh, sets were very improvisational, but also he had this very chill vibe. Um, he was in the movie The Burbs for at the very end and stuff. You've seen him in some stuff, but he's the coolest dude. And he had this book um, and he knew everybody. So he had interviews with Paul Reiser, Ellen DeGeneres, Bill Maher. Seinfeld like all these guys and he basically in the beginning of it too because he used to teach a comedy class um for a bit he written down his notes and comedy notes and actual set lists. I carried this shit around with me through high school like it was the fucking bible like because it was I still remember things um from each of those guys talking about stand-up and being funny and and a lot of it resonated with me and I didn't even set foot on a stage till after high school so um I, I just absorbed all that stuff as much as I could. I love that. And, and watch the watch sets and stuff like that. Like Eddie Murphy. Uh, my first comedy CDs were Jerry Seinfeld and Robin Williams. So that was like two and couldn't be farther apart from each other stylistically, but I loved that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I had all their books and, you know, everything. It's crazy.
0: Uh, so I'm gonna ask you to try and crystallize some of this wisdom you're sharing. Um, if you were to go back and meet, well, not to go back. If you were to meet a 21-year-old mm. version of yourself in today's world, mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering what advice you might give yourself,
1: uh, career-wise or just in general.
0: I don't know. You whatever you whatever you think. I mean, I, I cool. feel like they're in a, inextricably connected, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, if I if I were to go back in time and talk to my 21 year old self, one I would tell myself, uh, to just ease up and not be. like, I feel like that's a general, but I really would. I would be like, dude, you're gonna be fine. Like, enjoy it, because I feel like I didn't enjoy m- much. Thing. Like, 24 was the thing that sticks out in my mind when I was younger. Where I was like, oh my god, like I'm in my mid 20s, I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? That feeling of like freedom. For Some reason it didn't hit until I was twenty four. And I thought the weight of the world was on my shoulders at twenty one. yeah, I started doing stand-up when I was twenty. Um, and then twenty one I was doing all this shit, but I still felt like insecure about college or whatever. and I just want I would just tell myself like it's gonna it's gonna be okay. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna figure out who you are. Um, you know, and and uh, don't worry about, you know, not moving into the city. That was another thing I, I thought I was supposed to do. And I was like, oh man, but I wanted, I had a life. I had a, an apartment and my friends and I always wondered if it was like a mistake, but I liked having separate lives. But I always thought about that when I was younger, like you fucking suck, dude. I can't believe you didn't move into the, you know what I mean? Like that was my thing. So I'd probably be kinder to myself in my head. I would tell myself I sucked less. <laughs> be like, ease up, relax. Yeah, that, that comes up a lot. The idea of being kinder
0: to oneself. We beat ourselves up a lot, don't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, the worst thing to do. Have you ever looked at pictures of like your friends and shit when you were younger and you're like, I can't believe I thought I looked like shit. Like <laughs> you're like, you're yeah. like, yeah. And you didn't, you look fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I love this. And,
0: and um, it's, it's super interesting to me. I feel like I could just pick your brain. It's just even about the, the comedy stuff forever. Cause to me it's the most magical of all the art forms. You know, you're just spinning gold out of your thoughts. Um, Thanks man. Yeah, But I look great. forward to, I'm going to join you on Dystopia tonight. I yes. don't know if that will drop before this drops, but one way or the
1: other, we'll both yeah. be available. Cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. I can't wait to have you on, dude. It's going to be a lot of fun. We do that. It's funny. I have three questions that we ask everybody at the end. And one of them is that if you can go back in time, I love that question. It's a great question. It's like, the I always want to know what people want to talk about when they're younger.
0: Well it's funny because I feel like my answer would have a lot would be a lot like
1: your answer, but I guess you'll have to wait to find out. Yeah, I know. Toast to Night. Nice. tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a blast. Awesome.
0: All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all.